Hi, and welcome to the Idea of Us podcast. The Idea of Us podcast highlights good by interviewing great minds and learning from best practices. I'm grateful for you tuning in today, and I hope that you're doing well and staying healthy. Today, we'll discuss whether toxic masculinity is real with Cam Bigelow, my friend and colleague at Asana. Cam is also a yoga and mindfulness teacher focusing on men's work. His mission is to help people to feel their shit, and that is a mission that I can definitely support. I'm aware that this is a controversial topic, and the aim here is not to bash anyone. It is to highlight misconceptions, change what is not serving us, and to create an understanding. I hope that it will bring you as much joy as it brought me. I hope we all learn something today and that it inspires us. So welcome, Cam. I'm super grateful and excited to have you on the show today. And maybe we can start by you sharing a little bit more about yourself with our listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Yerika. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and talking to you about this about this topic. Uh, just a really quick intro of myself. Um, my name is Cameron. I work with Yerika at, at Asana, but kind of my side passion so to speak, is this entire concept of men's work and men getting to feel feel their feelings, whether that be through different modalities like meditation or movement or breath work or um, sitting in a circle with with one another. And my main mission, if you would kind of want to boil it down to that, is to just make every man feel safe to feel their shit. It, it sounds so simple, but it's like, that's just it's so hard. But it's so juicy too when we get to that point. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so you already kind of answered the question, how we know each other. <laughs> so we work for the same company. And um, yes, and I love working with you, Cam. And uh, like since day one, I always loved your compassion mm -hmm. and your empathy and your kindness. So I'm super happy that you said yesterday. And you do important work. Men's work is important work. So It's going to be juicy today <laughs> yeah, yeah. when we get to the topic. So, yeah, then let's go to the question, what are three words that define you? I mean, you kind of already talked a little mm -hmm. bit about it, but if you would bring it down to three words, what would you say? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's uh, grounded, depth, and love are the kind of the three main characteristics that I live my day or the, to the best of my abilities with that. Um, I start like... I think everybody who's like I've talked to said I'm a very grounded person, even though when I don't feel like I'm grounded. So it's like being able to just drop into myself with breath and um, depth. It's like I love feeling emotions. Like I kind of just go head first. And if I'm feeling a certain way, I'm just kind of like go beeline right into it to really feel it and to let it kind of flow and move throughout my body versus keeping it stuck and tight. And love is just like I love everybody and everything and it's kind of like what i lead lead with even in like harder situations or topics or conversations so kind of tackling it tackling it from a sense of like state of like of love that is so beautiful but probably not always as easy as one would think no right? it, it's no i <laughs> it's very hard at times <laughs> i think that's like the the challenge of it so it's like very hard but it's also very rewarding when uh i'm not going to claim that I'm perfect at it by any means. It's just something that, you know, I kind of always keep in the back of my mind whenever I do something. Yes. Yes. I can confirm. I mean, <laughs> from what I've seen at work, I, that's what, uh, if I 
uh, speak to you or if you speak to someone else that's that's like the energy that I always mm. get from you so but um can you like was there like I mean those are th those are values that maybe came through time or already were there but mm. was there something in your life like that inspired or motiv motivated you to be the person that you are today mm -hmm. yeah yeah I always love this this kind of conversation it's like so interesting to map kind of all your past life events that like led you up to like right here because a lot of the times like when you're in something you don't see like how this like will shape and sh and shift and form you but then five ten years later you look back and you're like oh This is like where I got all this stuff. Um, so there's a couple things. Um, I think one of the biggest things that happened to me was a breakup I went through in January 2019. And to give some backstory, I was at a sauna for actually um, three or four months. And then I left to go down to San Diego to teach yoga with my partner full time. And then we we broke up and then I came back to Asana. So my Asana story is a whole different thing. But the breakup <laughs> thing is like a what's like a catalyst to spark my growth and journey onto this entire concept of um, men's work. I had throughout my entire life, it was so hard for me to form like any meaningful, ma meaningful male friendships, even though I played sports the entire time, like there was no depth there whatsoever. Um, I had really no support system outside of my partner at the time. So when I lost her, it was like, I don't know really where to go. And what she said, what she said to me really stuck with me. Um, like a month or two before we, we broke up, it's like, I was venting, not really venting, but like kind of really putting my emotions and feelings onto her to manage, which is like a whole nother thing I'll get into later this mm -hmm. episode. But she told me that, you know, why don't you talk to your guy friends about this? And my thought was like, like excuse me, what are you even talking about? Like, guys don't talk <laughs> about this kind of stuff. Like, what? And then when we broke up, like, that still kind of stuck with me. I'm like, maybe there is like some kind of like something out there that's like not in in my horizon. So literally a few weeks later, I signed up for my very first like men's course, just kind of talking about emotions and inner child work and like all these concepts that I just had no idea really were a thing. And like kind of from there, kept iterating over and over again to keep diving in deeper with all this stuff. And two years later, it's like, I mean, there's so much, there's always so much to learn with this, which is the best part, but it's also really cool, like mapping out like the growth with this too um mm. yeah so that is that's very interesting that um that breaking off with your with your girlfriend at that time led you to uh to like go into an inner journey basically mm -hmm. and figure out okay something i need to adapt something and did you ever question basically why you were not taught like why you didn't have those relationships that um where you can talk about your emotions mm. at that time or Yeah. Um, at the time, like, not really. I just kind of thought it was like normal. Like, I was in a fraternity in college, and I had a bunch of like, you know, college buddies and stuff, we would do all a bunch of stuff together. But I didn't, a didn't really know how to communicate my own feelings or emotions, because I couldn't tap into them like whatsoever. I was just like so good at distracting and numbing out from them. So and then two, also, uh, just a innate sense of fear as well of like sharing emotions and feelings i mean not to speak not to speak for every single guy but most men i would say growing up um they are not taught to feel their emotions or like anything like that it's like very very constricting and very like directive telling them oh no you gotta like be a man like you gotta like push through uh, especially a big theme in sports so it's like, very ingrained in all of us when we're young and it was such an uh, an unlearning process to recognize that 
oh, I actually am safe around other men. Like I can mm. be witness in this way. Um, such a big facet of that story is I was afraid of men. Like just like, I mean, and when you, and logically, like rightfully so, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's like going on around it. And that just like blocked me off from forming relationships with like other men, but also like with myself too. I was like so afraid of myself. There was just like no way to form anything with that. So, so disconnected somehow. That's, Very. that's what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. From uh from from that moment on, from uh saying start like from the moment on where you said okay, there's like some work to have to do to all the way now, mm-hmm. um, uh, making that your kind kind of your mission, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna say you you already said it in the beginning a little bit, but I'm gonna quote you because I like your <laughs> you like yeah. the quote. Yeah. So you help men um own their shit and transmute co- uh, codependent patterns so i kind of get already like how did it transfer from you doing that work for yourself to from you wanted to do that work for other men as well yeah 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 great question um it's something that i really see a lot in other men and in like society this like codependency and i i know how heavily it affected me and still affects me to this day it's like always a constant unlearning um when it comes to codependency whether that be like with my partner or like needing validation for something I've done like through work or um, friendship or something like that. Maybe there's like a something with my mother wound I need to examine. There's like so many facets to like codependency. And uh, I think you can hit the nail on the head. Distraction is like the, the best way to kind of go about it because when we're so codependent, we just don't even look or honor ourselves like whatsoever. We don't exist. Like we don't love ourselves. It's all about, um, I need to get something so that I can fill this like void that's like I can never give give myself. And that's it, it's such a hard way to live life because I live that way. And I know firsthand how it affects like everything that you could possibly do and like everybody you could possibly be with. So that's why like this mission I have is to really help those men turn inward and so they can love and accept um, themselves. And the best way. I found to do that are really, um, really twofold. Um, one is, um, sitting like for myself, like sitting in a a men's circle every single week, um, which can seem really daunting to, to men who really don't know what this is, or like, are even just scared to admit their feelings. So it's it's a big step, right. To just show up in a circle. You don't really know them maybe. And you kind of just share stuff. Like the first time I was in that, it was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to talk. I don't know what's happening right now. This is so like foreign to everything I've ever thought of. And so that's like a great way to kind of get right into that because in a men's circle, it's like you have other men who are a really close to you because you just get through all of like the bullshit, all the surface layer stuff like right away. You get like right into the meat, the heart of the issue. And mm-hmm. you have people who can hold you accountable and actually other men that are there for you. Mm-hmm. And the second way is like, is a little is more digestible, I would say, for a newer man. Uh, this concept of breath work, essentially dropping out of our minds down into our bodies, down to our stomachs, just to really feel ourselves. Um, hmm. Breath work can bring up um, a myriad of emotions, and there's so many different ways you can do breath work. Like you can use breath work to really ground down. You can use breath work to like bring up more energy. You can use breath work to have a somatic release. There's like so many different ways <laughs> to do it, and it's so awesome and it's so powerful having men 
breathe together as well. It's like, it's so magical. <laughs> yes. It's so interesting because um, I could see like, maybe that is, that's definitely maybe like my experiences. I can see that what you explained with women very easily, but for me, it's quite hard to uh, imagine that with a circle of men because I just don't, I haven't seen that, but I think mm -hmm. I know what it gives me to be just uh, around females because I can uh, talk about things and they, they can resonate with it because they have similar or same experiences as, as I have. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a simple concept, but it it is something that's very new, right? That it's mm -hmm. not something that is yeah. already exists uh, totally. for a long time. Yeah, I love how you brought that up because like women have been doing this shit for so long. It's like so natural for them and um, which is amazing. And now it's like when I started this out like two years ago, it was still kind of new. Like today is I think it's like a kind of a more more talked about topic like toxic masculinity and like men's feeling their feelings and define like kind of redefining all this kind of stuff um, but it's still like men in general like as a collective are still so hyper new to this i mean mm. there are like pockets of men doing this like some small communities like spread throughout the u.s and australia but like when we kind of zoom out to a societal type level it's like yeah. so much more to do with it yes Yes, and I love the um, the way you said you introduced breast work into that uh, as well because that will be my next question. Like, how can mindfulness? Uh, now we're going already a little bit in the topic uh, toxic masculinity. So, how does mm -hmm. mindfulness help in that regard? Or um, totally. yeah, how does it, it intersect? Like, it's such a big factor. Like both like breath work and mindfulness and meditation, kind of all like the different modalities, so to speak. Um, mindfulness in particular, it's really just about noticing our thoughts, our patterns and our feelings and our emotions and how they kind of manifest out or project out into the world around us when we kind of distill it down. And like in relation to, in relation to the toxic masculinity, uh, if we don't, if we aren't aware of what we're doing, A, we don't have a way to really empower ourselves to change anything, especially from if you're, if you're like a young boy being taught all of these kind of um, false ways to quote, be a man. Um, you're not going to unlearn anything. You're kind of, and I, the, when, when I think about toxic masculinity to it, it's, there's so many facets to it. It's like, it really boils down to having such an unhealthy balance of masculinity. Cause like masculinity itself is not toxic by itself, but the, mm -hmm. when we get to this unhealthy imbalance, um, it becomes toxic and really leaks out to other areas of our life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it's it's very interesting because when I was researching for this episode, I really had to understand, like, first, I think it can be kind of offending too, right? Because mm -hmm. like, is there like the, the first question, is there like a difference between toxic masculinity and masculinity, right? But there is like, mm -hmm. per se, just being a man or just being a female does not make you toxic. It's like the experiences mm -hmm. of what you taught as you said as well. So um, if you could describe toxic masculinity, like maybe in a couple sentences, what would you say? What would be your description of it? And where do you think maybe it stems from? Yeah, totally. Like to zoom out really quick too, um, kind of how I view like masculinity and like toxic masculinity, it really boils down to kind of two sets of energies in our body. So both we have masculine and we have feminine, mm -hmm. not like, not like oh, masculine's male, feminine's female. Like it's all like intermixed and intermingled um, in everyone's bodies and society. So Masculine is kind of like the safe container 
where the feminine like can actually flow and move and feel the feelings but still be held and directed in a safe kind of way. So that's kind of like a really quick summary of those mm-hmm. two type of energies. And then mm-hmm. the masculine really, or the toxic, unhealthy masculine comes in when the best way I can kind of really distill it, it it's this concept of like a shadow of competition for men. Mm-hmm. We, we Boys and men like it's kind of almost this like primal nature to like protect, to provide, to um, get more and more and more because, you know, how many thousands of years ago, like if we didn't do that, we literally died. So I, logically, sure, makes sense. But we're now in 2020, like that is not applied anymore. But that lizard, bl- that lizard brain really still kind of like kicks in at times, which is why mindfulness is like such a big piece to unlearn that little portion of our brain um, because traditionally or not not even traditionally like still today it's like this concept it's like oh i need to have the most money i need the most partners the biggest career the i need to be the busiest person my entire schedule is full look how awesome i am doing all this great work i need to be dominant i need to be um, stronger and more physical than my other men i need to be emotionally dominant in my relationship or because like i'm going to get hurt if i'm not Mm -hmm. And it, it comes down to really this lack of transition from being a boy into being a man, mm. father wound. It's um, the whole, the concept of like the father is to help transition the boy from the boyhood, which is kind of where this toxic masculinity kind of lives still. It's like, if you're a, a man who's like 40, but still operating on the same principles as when you, like, you were 10 years old subconsciously, it's, you're not going to have a chance to really have an integrated type masculine style. So it stems from being really young and also society as well. Like the entire patriarchal society, like set up however many moons ago, it's still very prevalent today and just really further drives home this like toxicity that still like exists in our society. Yeah, that is very interesting. So I I like the couple of things that you brought up. So one was for instance, um, that feminine and masculine, like that's, those energies you talked about, like generally you would think about those as opposites, right? Like as masculine energy and that's within a man and there's mm-hmm. feminine energy and that's within the female. Mm-hmm. But I like that you said, actually, that's not the case because we have, we all have different traits. So that's mm-hmm. one big stigma for me. Right. And then the other thing is where you talked about the father wound. Could you explain a little bit more what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be because for me, that's a new concept. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, just to really touch a quick point about the masculine feminine type stuff as well. It, it's kind of a common misconception that like each person needs to have like a balance of both like 50-50 in their body, but you can have really any kind of makeup. It's all about just like what what is the most truest for you? Like I know people who have like, like 99% in their feminine, meaning that they're very... Um, they can allow their life to go with the flow. They can be with their emotions, kind of lead from emotional state and kind of have that guide them. Where mm-hmm. like the masculine side is like a very structured, like, oh, I plan my day out every single time. Like I have this, this, and this. That's like when I'm most like productive, essentially. Um, so each person is very different. It's all about where we can kind of apply these type of stuff, like best suits, like our individual needs. And this father wounding, it's because I, I mean... Again, not to speak of every single man, but a lot of men probably don't have a father figure who transitions them from boy to man. Um, I know for myself, like I did not, I had a father, um, but there was no like teachings or lesson or kind of initiation to being like, what does it mean to really lead from your heart or to be directive or to be honorable with your values? And how how does that shape like my day-to-day life? Like I really did not know that whatsoever. And it doesn't have to be a father per se, but just some kind of like father father figure and it's like 
if we don't have that type of male in our life, so to speak, um, as a boy, we kind of start to like harbor like resentment towards like the the masculine or the male father archetype. Um, mm-hmm. And it's leads to a lot of reactionary type things. So it's like, when you think about it, um, I ha- if I have like a very unhealthy relationship with like the father, like a father wound, it's when I hear things like from my boss or like from the government or like from teachers, it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to reaction, like lash out because like, how dare somebody tell me to wear a mask, for example. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so prevalent like right now. It, but the crazy thing is it sounds so simple, right? Like just like having like a good male role model, but it's like, it's difficult to have that because at a young age, it's like all the boys like are, are, you know, looked at to view like superheroes and people who are stoic and strong and gritty. And uh, as like, Oh yeah, they get all the women, they get all the money. They're the most popular. Like they're the best type of person. I need to be that. And like, if we just kind of go on that route for decades and decades and there's no like kind of pattern interrupt or anything like that, it's, it's very tough to pull back kind of pull your back out to the other side. Um, like why I love telling the story of the breakup, which is weird because like most people don't want to tell the story of the breakup. But like, <laughs> yes. Here I am talking about it all the time. When when you find yourself like really so broken, so to speak, you're just like, you hurt so bad and like you want to try. That's kind of when um, all the gloves are off, so to speak. You're like, oh, there's like, okay, I need it. I want to try anything and everything to kind of get myself back to feeling better pretty much. Mm. So sometimes it takes a really big life shift to pull you internal to then give you the agency to see, oh, I have maybe another option this time than what I've done in the past. Solving a problem is a skill is a skill as well, right? And then mm-hmm. if you see within within uh, the male community so much suicide, you ask yourself as well, like, is are we like you speaking up about your breakup, okay, it's not very it's not very common, obviously, mm-hmm. right? It's probably more within females that mm-hmm. we speak about it. But through speaking about it, we're solving. Mm-hmm. We're solving, mm-hmm. we're discussing, we um healing in a way. So that is so another thing, like what I wanted to talk about, another thing that you said as well is like uh what men are supposed to be, like the the strong men, right? And the misconceptions about it. So there's I, w- I would understand it as well that it's like two ways we have to work on on that maybe mm-hmm. like from also as uh, informers as expectations that I have mm-hmm. as a female right mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not expecting uh, my partner to be the strong part to carry everything you know to mm-hmm. like to let that person also have be in their emotions and mm-hmm. express them that's what I found interesting because it's it's like um it's a it's a problem that has made or not a problem it's something that we can address holistically mm-hmm. make from from uh different standpoints uh so now I want to discuss with you two statements uh in that regard, which is one boys will be boys, <laughs> and the second one, but we already touched those topics is men up oh. when you hear those statements what do you oh what yeah do you those think? two phrases <laughs> I've heard those countless times in my entire life. <laughs> Oh, I hate them both. I'll start off with um, <laughs> get that out of the way. Like, man up, I hate more. But I think boys will be boys is more of a subtle type of, like, tricky thing. Because man up is something that's easier to kind of, like, say that's bullshit. Because, like, oh, yeah, look, there's, like, um, what do you mean man up? Like, what does it mean to be a man? Like, wh- what kind of, like, archetype are you forming your idea of manhood around? It's such, like, a an old 
seventies, eighties, nineties paradigm of like being the strong person and like tough it out when you're just hardening, hardening your shell over and over again, when really like, no, like don't man up. It's like, it's man in, let's man down. It's like feel, let's feel ourselves. And then we can go like do the action. Cause the man up, it's like, I logically, I kind of get what they're trying to do. Like, oh yeah, just like, you know, do like do the thing essentially. But like, that's not how you do the thing. You don't just kind of like go full forward into a thing um, without like feeling kind of how you feel about it or anything like that. So it's for that phrase, this is the last point of a man up is just like lack of acceptance of like yourself really, or, and lack of allowing people to accept them as they are. Like if you tell a boy who's like six years old, he's like super fearful. He's like maybe sad about something. And you tell him, oh, go ahead and like man up. It's like that just kind of like cuts off his entire access to those emotions because it's like, oh, that's not what men do. Okay, I guess this is what I just do now. And then cue the cycle of not having a transition into manhood and all that kind of stuff starts like spiraling. And the boys will be boys. It's like... It just reinforces this like traditional construct of like male and female, very silo, silo, siloing, there we go, one or the other. And even more importantly, it's, I mean, I've only really only seen this kind of phrase like be used when men are, uh, boys or men are aggressive or just they're doing something like way out of line. And it, mm-hmm. it normalizes that behavior, um, which is like 100% not okay. Um, it, instead of like, they kind of look at it as, it, oh, it's just a boy, you know, Let's say he's like kind of roughhousing or like in a fight or something like that at school, right? Um, oh, boys will be boys, but that's just like they're kind of just using that as an excuse for like, oh yeah, there's like a primal energy there for men to have competition and and whatnot. Like, sure, but we're kind of like not looking at the whole picture, right? Like if, a, if a, like two boys in fourth grade are like fighting with each other, um, that's not like boys will be boys. There's like. W- what's happening behind the scenes that causes these kind of emotional outbursts and outlashes that we're not looking at. It's like, we're kind of just like disregarding either because we don't know how to really ask those questions or we don't want to really know because it's like, it's safer for us to kind of keep it in this box of, Oh, it's just a boy. Like my, like my son couldn't be possibly going through any type of like issue. I have a perfect parent. All this kind of story gets wrapped up and thrown at a child who's super impressionable and will like that will carry with him for so long. So like these two phrases, it's just like, no, <laughs> to put it down, it's uh, very in line with the toxic kind of mindset of this masculine archetype that permeates throughout what we are today. Yes, I 100% agree. And I loved uh, the rephrasing of men up towards men in. <laughs> That's you. so good. And then on the other hand, also, I really liked what you said about, um, you know, like, the typical boys gonna be fighting on the on the school ground, you know, and then it's like boys will be boys. But I never really thought about it, and it just uh, um, when while you were talking about it, it's actually a way of dealing with emotions, but like mm-hmm. with violence rather totally. than yeah. And then I can told I can see uh, how that is then goes into toxic ma- uh, masculinity in that mm-hmm. regard. But on the other hand, we we say, we are saying men up, so don't show any emotion, any emotions, don't cry, mm. right? Yeah, so. no, I love that. It's like, yeah, don't show, don't show like the feminine emotions of like crying or sadness, but show like you know violence and like aggression. That's like that's manly. So yeah, like with the, with the fourth grade like boy concept, like totally. That's like such like to the boy right there. That's like the only valid way they know how to get this emotional like stuff out. Because like who knows what they're going through, right? I mean, but it's like it's all about how can we 
like either like as parents or like as like a community, as like a society, like really develop a structured so like these type of boys can have like the space where they can let out this stuff like healthily, like around mm. a controlled space. I don't know, like hitting pillows or something. Like what I've well, I don't know, whatever <laughs> it may be, right? But yeah, it's like just asking the questions and being being with them really. Yes. And um and then uh obviously those two sta- though not not those two statements but the mindset behind those statements mm-hmm. have consequences on our society like as you said within men like uh, i've read a lot that uh, the suicide rate between men and female is, is mm-hmm. significantly higher but th- that depends on which country we're talking about obviously mm-hmm. and then on the other hand there is a rape culture mm-hmm. right there's a big there's a lot of uh, things where the uh, women are affected uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are givens. And what would you say? Like, how can we solve that? Like, what is good masculinity? Uh, and maybe if you have some thoughts about it, uh, and you can share those mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, good masculinity is um, healthy, embodied, sacred, grounded masculinity. Really, the best way. I mean, there are so many different like moving parts to solve this kind of thing. But for the most part, men have like I've said before, been so afraid or don't know how to feel their feelings essentially when it distill it down. Um, like maybe they were ashamed for doing it when they were younger or um, they were outcasted from their friends or s- sports or whatever, whatever it may be. And for men who are kind of just like starting to enter this space, they're going to get it wrong. I, I think we have to kind of keep that in mind. Like when they're starting to feel their feelings and trying to understand and trying to um, sit with it, like, there are going to be hiccups for sure in the first part since like men as a collective are just so brand new at this entire concept. So um, I, you, you touched on this earlier too about, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was something around the woman like allowing their man to like feel these kind of emotions essentially or being okay with like showing. Yeah. And that's like a huge, a huge thing for men. It's like f- having men kind of feel safe, like, with our partner or with like other friends that are female or whatever it may be instead of like, because a man thinks like that he'll be like attacked or like questioned or anything like that. But we can just hold like that space to just whatever that emotion might be. That's like, that's such a beautiful gift we can give like a man who's just entering this type of work. And it kind of leads into my next thing. It's like where like, we really can't get to the, healthy the embodied masculine without going through the feminine first whether that means that pretty much just means we can't go have this like healthy archetype without going deep into our feminine body emotions first um so we have to go kind of go in deep with ourselves um and how that kind of shapes up is having more brotherhood more men's community uh, where we can pull other men in who may have not had this type of experience before since I think uh, another point I really haven't talked about yet either is this like how privileged this kind of concept and this kind of work really is um, with men's circles and breath work and meditation and stuff like that. Like, like me as a white male living in San Francisco at a tech company, like I have all the resources I could possibly imagine if I wanted to go in and dive in deep on this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but when we have like somebody else, like um, who is um, a lot less privileged than I am, maybe somewhere like in LA or another country or, or whatnot, it's like, that's where um, that kind of needs to be expanded even more. So having more, conscious awareness for people like myself and in this kind of space to really reach out and see how we can get 
people who like, you know, are not on Instagram, not on like social media that like aren't in this like day to day kind of life. But how can we get those kind of those kind of people? Um, there was a really great, a, a great documentary. I forget what it's called. I think it's called The Work. But Mm -hmm. it's essentially where men go into prisons and do very similar type work, like men's circles, letting emotions out and everything like that around like a hundred inmates. And and the the transformations are incredible from what Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the it was one of the my most favorite documentaries around around this, just kind of showing how powerful this type of work is and how adaptable it is like per community per segment per like anything you could possibly type imagine and like kind of bring it back home to this like idea of the the healthy ingrained masculine Mm -hmm. like once we kind of we we never really get there it's always a never-ending type process type thing um but it's such like a safe container for the the feminine usually the feminine either being like the emotional body or even woman too it's like Kind of how I view like the the most embodied masculine is like keeping the world safe for our women. Not because women need to be like safe, like they're fucking badasses and like they have their own shit. But it's like that's just because of like so we can really honor them and support them and have them like flourish like through the world. Because like you know all the great stuff happening around the earth is like through the woman. Like let's just like get that out of the way. That's like so clear and true. And um, men are just kind of trying to catch up and like get out of the way to put it bluntly with that yeah i think we are both equal are equal parts of the of society but in in the past obviously men were in all positions that mm-hmm. were making decisions so i i i totally understand what you, well, get what you mean here so there has to be diversity in that yeah. regard and i loved as well um what you said about uh, privilege because we both live in san francisco which is very liberal and mm-hmm. open-minded mm-hmm. yeah in terms of the city and then getting this message across maybe to um to people that have uh different circumstances different privileges or even different mindsets right mm-hmm. and that's probably going to be uh, the, the challenge for for this but i what i heard uh, from you was that it obviously also it, it takes different different parts of society to help in that mm-hmm. regard like and and it's everything in life is a process right mm-hmm. you never 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 going to be perfect yeah. nobody's <laughs> never going to yeah. be perfect i i um really um like i'm i'm learning a lot cam i'm learning a lot <laughs> <laughs> taking notes so what I like uh, what I want to talk about uh, now what we touched a little bit as well is I um I always like to talk about community and how community would look uh in in a best case scenario so I want to kind of talk about a future Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, without uh, toxic masculinity how would the world look like for you without toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. yeah um I think the best way I can sum up sum it up is like take these last four years and do the exact opposite in every single way possible. Really. (laughs) It's like, I think these last four years, especially this last like year has really shown how deep these traits run through our society and how many men are hurting Mm. with this. Um, In a world like without this, like I've seen some instances of this, like here and they're like popping up, um, random communities throughout um, either my personal connections or I just kind of know of them where they're like fully like self sustaining. Um, The men and women very integrative and they're both like whole being and everything like that. Um, 
it's where we really put like the earth and the children first, like really coming back to our roots, like honoring the earth, um, instilling these traits, these like healthy traits and like this kind of like transition from boyhood to manhood for our boys having a good father figure. And um, I mean, I'm just like, the sky is really the limit here. It's like if each and every single man has like their own heart centered purpose, mission driven kind of goal, they, they want to unleash onto the world and they're doing it. It's like, we could solve so, so many things just like with that type of energy being around us. And it's like, that's like one, that's like a goal. Like I want to see like over my lifetime is to have like as many men as possible get in touch with their own healthy masculine traits so we can actually flip this whole patriarchal patriarchal thing this whole um I mean, why the me too movement happened why blm is still happening why all this stuff is like really coming up right now and it's like it's serving a purpose so we can now flip all that shit over and mm-hmm. have like a ingrained and in society that we you know we are proud and like flourish and happy to actually be in i mean there's so much there, I mean, there's always going to be so much fight and struggle trying to get to that point. But if like there was a magic switch that just like flipped everything up, like I don't even <laughs> to be honest. There's like so much stuff that we're trying to fight, and it's like if we don't have that, it's like wow, we have so much space for creation. And like, what could we do? We can do so much. It's necessary work, basically, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a that's like that sounds like a world that I would like to live in. <laughs> So, so what, like we're kind of going slowly to the end of this uh, episode. So now I'm gonna, I want, I would be interested to know what community means to you and why do you believe it is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of these um, leaders in this concept of like men's work called Sacred Sons um, uses this motto: "It's like brotherhood is a medicine, connection is a cure," and that has rang true over the past like couple years of me like doing um doing this kind of work i think a really big piece of a toxic masculinity is this idea of the lone wolf that you have to do it all by yourself that you're um all your problems are unique and nobody wants to hear about them and you have no support system and it's like manly to get it done by yourself and that's mm-hmm. that no longer works that's like that paradigm is that for sure is like dead in the water like i would not be where i am today without the brotherhood i have um mm-hmm established around me and it's such um a necessary thing to grow into this kind of space because having other men who um actually there for you without a doubt and know everything pretty much about you and you like know everything about them they can call they can hold you accountable to what you're saying what you're doing um so like if you're out of integrity or when you're out of integrity, I should say, they can pull you back in, but in a way that's like very nourishing and actually uh, can help develop you even further. So community is really, is really everything. I mean, we are like communal social type creatures. And I mean, I think speaking to like COVID-19 as well during this time, it's like, it's been hard to form communities, right? It's like hard to, um, you can't really go out to like a meditation studio and like meet some like-minded people and have like a, a good time together talking about your feelings, right? It's like, so like it, today it's such, um, you kind of have to go out and really seek that type of community, typically online. 
which is what I've been doing in the past forever, <laughs> really, with that. But it's been so... And I think the the misconception, too, is like with men's work is that there's not there's like not a lot of space for you. And in a sense, there's like, oh, there's like there's only so many groups. Like, I don't know how to do it. But like once you start looking there, it's, there are so many pockets all riddled throughout that have new either new groups starting. You can join a group. There's like programs that are starting. There's like free stuff. There's like over and over it just kind of comes back to how how willing are you to really put yourself out there um because i know for me that was such a huge a huge hurdle like putting myself out there out of a fear of like being rejected a fear of like not like being made fun of all this inner child type stuff that's like deeply rooted in protecting me which kept me protected when i was younger but i don't need that anymore so the community aspect is something I I live for really in the in the work that I do and like in the work that I both participate in. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ex- uh, I love that explanation, and um, I even love like what you said. Like a community should be nourishing. I mean, you should obviously everyone chooses their own community, but mm-hmm. we are definitely we de- we're definitely social creatures. So uh, we have seen that during the COVID times. Uh, I think most of us at least to have uh, like uh, someone that that keeps you accountable on one hand but supports you on the other hand i mm-hmm. mean that is, yeah. that, that is exactly what i think what is the optimal community mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. have you and also the person you should be in that community mm-hmm. and, and uh so i love what you're doing and i think it is uh, a sign of strength speaking about that and uh doing that work and now we're coming to the final questions. I'm already sad now. It goes by so fast. <laughs> it go, yeah, it did. <laughs> I could speak uh, with you for hours, Cam. And we will definitely continue that. Uh, oh, yeah. That discussion. <laughs> yeah. But I always ask the people that I interview the same questions at the end, and uh, which is around the topic um, uh, kindness, for instance. And so what was the kindest thing? Uh, someone has ever done for you mm-hmm. and yeah. what do you want to be remembered for yeah i i love this question um because i mean there are so many things i could just like jump to or like people doing certain things for me in a way but uh, this really this one instance really stuck out um it was really actually in line with with what i was just talking about about um community and like keeping like accountable um so kind of flashback to january February 2019, um, I was in my first men's program and I was like really excited about it. So I was like posting all of this stuff um, about it and like what I was learning and stuff like that. But um, I was really like re like repackaging his kind of wording and stuff and kind of like making it my own, not really knowing I was doing it like consciously, um, but like definitely subconsciously, there was like so much energy there around like, I need to use his words, like I'm not enough to like say my voice and all this kind of stuff. So I actually got a very lengthy call out about that, which a so nerve wracking. Oh my, I was actually at a sauna. I was at my desk at a sauna when I was reading this email. I was like, oh, I take deep breaths. <laughs> but it was like in such, it, it was in such a way that really f- both fostered our own connection with one another, but also allowed me to claim my own voice in a sense, really like, you know, accept that yes, that happened. And like, I can stand on my own two feet and say like, what I can say essentially. And with his, like him, like supporting me using my own voice because he believes in me type thing. And like that, 
gift has really been with me over the past couple of years with like, you know, how do you have those harder conversations? How do you come at something from like a, an idea of love and like support and whatnot, even during the tougher times? Um, and so, yeah, one of the, that was like the, one of the best, scariest, best gifts I have ever, um, I have ever received with that. <laughs> that's, um, that's a beautiful gift to receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do I want to be remembered for? It's like so many things, but when it comes down to like, I want to be known as somebody who, who felt, who, who experienced like the joyous highs of life, the abundance or the sorrows, the depths, and just like allowing that to really be in my body without um, distracting or trying to change, to change it. And I want to use that as like a, a vessel and kind of teaching by doing to let other men know that this is all good and welcome and safe. And you are so okay to feel as you are right now. And that, and that I've fucking got your back during (laughs) men have you feel your stuff is kind of what, what it comes down to. (laughs) That's true. That's a good slogan. It's a good slogan, uh, Cam. And um, an important mission to have. And I am grateful for you doing that work. Mm. And um, the last question is, uh, what is your idea of us and why? Mm-hmm. It, it's such a uh, it's such it's such a nice summary of everything we've talked about. You're not alone, like men. Um, we're not alone in this. Um, even though if you feel alone, like I felt alone um, during this, and still do at times, and the main like message I want to send across is like in all of this stuff, you have support. All you need to do is just allow it to be there. And that's really what this entire concept of like transitioning from toxic masculinity to the the ingrained and men's work and everything like that, like brother breathe. And we got you. (laughs) Perfect ending. Perfect ending. Um, so uh, one last question, uh, Cam. If someone wants to reach out to you, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Uh, and I know you offer meditation and breastwork as well. Yes. Right? And you have a, your own project. Do you, do you mind sharing a little bit totally. about that? Totally. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me. Instagram's the best place, um, cam.bigelow, um, for that. And I do teach. I have a free breathwork class open to both men and women every Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Um, where we do 15 minutes of light yoga and then 45 minutes of, of breath work. So super impactful, super empowering. And I'm also doing a, um, a workshop too coming up in a couple of weeks, um, uh, centered around just de-stressing and breathing into your body for the holidays. I know for a lot of people out there, the holidays can get stressful. It's like maybe your family has different political opinions. Maybe you're just not that close to them or maybe um, you just like just so high strung with everything happening like and this workshop really allows us to both identify or accept whatever feeling might be there identify how that feeling got there and kind of change that um that feeling into something else so we can transmute and breathe and be ready to go for the end of of 2020 um, i'll have more official stuff coming out about that soon but that is on the horizon very quickly <laughs> perfect I will share resources to you on on my Instagram page as well. Thank you a thousand million times, Cam. Mm. I really appreciate your time and we're at the end. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much, Yadika. This has been terrific. (laughs) So lovely. So toxic masculinity is real. 
and I'm in love with this episode because I learned so much from Cam that changed my perspective. First of all, to understand that men have the same need to share their thoughts and emotions on a deeper level, but are raised not to do so. How fathers or role models impact masculinity and how society expects men to be. How dramatic the consequences of toxic masculinities are, as the suppression of emotions and the encouragement of violence. The best example he gave that makes this behavior very clear is the last four years. We all know what he meant when he said that. All in the spirit of terms like boys will be boys or let's man up. But as Cam mentioned, we should change those wordings into let's man in or let's man out. As a female, I'm aware that I have to choose my words wisely, and that my role here is to facilitate and to be an ally. As a female, I expect men to be an ally addressing issues that we as women have to face. I want to do the same for men. As a community, we have to have our backs. So I want to make sure that the men in my life have the space to communicate their emotions and that we all let go of old patterns. I want to end the show with my favorite quote of the day. Brother, breathe, we got you. You can find more information about this podcast on Instagram at the idea of Astapod. I'll provide contact details and resources mentioned in this episode there as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I wish you as always much love and light. Yadaka.